You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. Mother's Day to all the mums out there. I think that video, besides the American spelling, is, is pretty good, isn't it? You know, I just want to take, take a moment to just say that, yeah, on behalf of all of us here, we, we want to love and honour you for all you have done and all you continue to do in, in raising children, in shaping lives, in, in investing in, in us over the years and also the next generations as well. And yeah, I just pray that you'd be super blessed today, that today would be a, a day of super blessing, and would, if you haven't already been treated by your family, that you would so a bit later on. Now, with Mother's Day, I also want to just acknowledge that Mother's Day is also an incredibly difficult day for a lot of people. For women, maybe, who have wanted to have children but couldn't for a range of different reasons. Women or men who currently have or maybe have experienced in the past a really difficult and hurtful relationship with their mother. Or perhaps people, even right now, who, as they see something like that, it brings all memories back of your mother who has passed away. So this day is a great day, and it is a really happy day for some, and it's also a super hard day for others. And I I just wanted to acknowledge that because I don't think it's acknowledged enough in society um, and sometimes in churches too, because it's the right thing to do. We want to celebrate mothers, but we also want to acknowledge the complexities and the nuances of Mother's Day, that it's not as easy day for many people. And so if, in acknowledging that, I also want to remind you that Jesus knows what you're feeling and what you're going through. Whether right now you're experiencing joy of of a day where you've already had breakfast in bed or something, or right now you are feeling almost a bit sorrowful. Um, I just want to say that Jesus knows what you're feeling, he knows what you're going through, and he wants to continue to comfort you and care for you today. Okay? So if you're in that place, turn to him. Turn to him this morning. Turn to him and receive a fresh touch of his love today. Let him embrace you. Let him hold you. And because after all, he is so faithful. He is a good, good God and he is faithful in drawing near to anyone who draws near to him. So if that's you today, do it today. All right, how about we pray and invite God to really minister to each one of us, wherever it is we find ourselves this morning, so we can be uplifted and refreshed as we sit in his word. Because that's what we want, isn't it? To be uplifted and refreshed. So let's pray. 
Father God, we want to praise you. We thank you so much for this beautiful day. And Lord, we, we acknowledge the, that it is a great day for some and it's a really difficult day for others. So we pray, Lord, that you would be with all of us wherever it is we are. And Lord, we pray today as we reflect more broadly around motherhood, we pray, Jesus, that you would just minister to our hearts, that you would speak life, that you would help us to see the role that we can play and the, and the space that there is for all women, irrespective of whether they have their own children or have adopted children or don't have children or anything like that, God, that we all have to play in your family. So, Lord, we thank you that we are sons and daughters in your family and that in a very real sense, because we are connected in your family, we have plenty of great spiritual mothers. So Lord, as we focus on this today, we pray, Lord, that you would minister and that we would be uplifted and filled with hope as we leave today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So who often, when you're reading through the Bible and you come to a long list of people where they're from and their names, often just skips right past that? I like that's good. That's very honest. I, I was expecting I'd have to say, come on now, be honest. Like, we've all done it from time to time. I'm sure there's, there's those passages where it's just like an endless list of this person begat this person begat this person, and it's kind of like your eyes can kind of glaze over, and if you're reading in bed just before you're going to go to bed, um, it's a good way to go to bed quicker than, quicker than um, otherwise. So, you know, I... I've, I will put up my hand and say I've had those moments too, that's for sure. And I don't know about you, but I've found sometimes when I do this, when I don't necessarily tune in on all these little details at times, I find that I often miss something kind of big. I, I often miss something that even just sort of pikes my curiosity, where I'm like, oh, I wonder what that's about, or oh, I wonder who that person is, or how do they kind of fit together? I haven't seen that name before. Is, is there anything more about that person? So maybe we miss something that causes us to think deeply and want to know more. Well, I was reading through Romans chapter 16 the other day, and I'll be honest with you, I had one of those eyes glazing over moments. I was, I was reading a, a long list from the Apostle Paul, and who knows, sometimes when you're reading the Apostle Paul, you can kind of find your mind drifting a bit. But I was kind of skimming, I was, I was, I was looking over name after name after name, until my eyes suddenly locked in on verse 13. So let's turn there now, Romans chapter 16, and let's read verse 13 together. Here's what it says. This is Paul. Greet Rufus, great name, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Now you might be thinking, yeah, so what? Like, that's a nice scripture. Paul's sending out a bunch of greetings. If you read Romans 16, it's greeting after greeting. 26, in fact. 26, of which the Apostle Paul gets a bad rap sometimes for his treatment of women but he acknowledged eight women in that individually. So I'll leave that one with you. But um, 26 different people, and he closes with a greeting to Rufus, and he acknowledges Rufus' mother too. And you can kind of look at that and go, oh, he's just kind of, he's just being nice. Like, you know, it's like if you um, 
are with someone and you, you say g'day to them and you don't know their, their mother's name, you can kind of sort of say, oh, hi, how are you? Like, yeah, it's great to see you too. Like, he's just being polite. Well, as I reread this passage a couple of times, I realised that there was clearly more to the story. There was clearly more to the story. Paul wasn't simply being polite to some woman that was just randomly linked to one of his good friends in the early church. He seemed to kind of be speaking with genuine affection, genuine affection towards this unnamed woman. Paul's final words in verse 13 kind of intrigued me. This is what he says, who has been a mother to me as well. And so very quickly I found myself wanting to know more. Questions started flying around in my brain, like, who was this woman? Why did Paul speak of this woman with such fondness? And why does Paul honour this unnamed mother for being like a mother to him? So I did some detective work. Who likes biblical detective work? I did some digging to try to find out who she was. And as you can gather from the text, the fact that the Apostle Paul says Rufus and his unnamed mother isn't particularly helpful to find out who she was, but Paul did help when he said Rufus. How many times do you think the name Rufus is mentioned in the Bible? You would have said zero? Absolutely. How many? Anyone care to guess? Once? Did someone say two? Two. You are biblical scholars. The name Rufus is mentioned only twice in the entire Bible. Once here in Romans 13 and once in Mark 15, a passage which explores some key events around Jesus' crucifixion. So let's turn there. Let's read Mark 15, 16 to 21 together. And the soldiers led him, being Jesus, away inside the palace, that is the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole battalion, and they clothed him in a purple cloak, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him. And they began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they were striking his head with a reed, and spitting on him, and kneeling down in homage to him. When they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak, and put his own clothes on him. And they led him out to crucify him. And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. The soldiers compelled, I like that. In other words, they threatened Simon of Cyrene. If you don't do this, you're going to get it too. So carry the cross. They compelled this guy who was coming in from the country the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry Jesus' cross. Now, you're probably thinking, like any good biblical scholars, you're thinking, well, they might necessarily be the same Rufus. There could be two Rufuses, if that's how you say it, two Rufi. <laughs> well, while that could be true, generally scholars who have looked into it and love this kind of thing and spend months and months and months exploring this kind of thing, they suggest that they're actually most likely the same person, and here's why. So remember, Mark, the gospel, all the gospels are authors that God's laid on their heart to faithfully transcribe the events around Jesus' death and life as led by the Holy Spirit, yeah? 
So they're faithfully writing what God told them to say, but they are also individuals from different backgrounds, different occupations, different people groups as well. So, and their, their letters or their, the, um, the gospels, they are written to different audiences too. So remembering with Mark, Mark's audience for his gospel were most likely Roman Christians, Gentile believers who were living in Rome. And scholars suggest that Mark, in writing his gospel, like other biblical authors, he intentionally includes names of people in his writing that people who he's writing to would be familiar with. Does that make sense? So Mark lists key members of the early church in Rome as like reference points to help his listeners better understand where certain characters in the life of Jesus fit in with their local context. Yeah? To better kind of engage with his audience and help communicate what's going on. So this is how Mark helps his hearers to place the man who actually carried Jesus' cross, Simon from Cyrene. Does that, does that kind of make sense? It's kind of like us saying in a conversation, um, Les, surely you know Les. Les from church. Great bloke. Long-suffering North supporter, even more so after last night. Loves a cup of tea, a full one now. Father of Steve and Gary. Know who I'm talking about? It's kind of like, that's kind of like what he's doing to help his audience to place who this guy is. And, you know, for most of us, if we had that conversation, we'd be able to go, oh, yeah, Les, that's right. I know who you're talking about now, wouldn't we? So Mark was referencing Alexander and Rufus, who were well-known and recognised in this early church community in Rome for the benefit of his audience in the gospel. And here's the thing. The Apostle Paul in referring to Rufus as a chosen man in the Lord, in Romans, and pinpointing him like he could have greeted so many people, but he chooses to highlight this particular man in his epistle. He also highlights Rufus as being a person of standing and influence in the early church community in Rome, along with his unnamed mother. So do you see the link there? That's why scholars would say that most likely they are the same person. The one Rufus, not two Rufuses. So Rufus was known relationally by Jesus' disciple Mark and the Apostle Paul, and he was seen to be a prominent member in the early church. Now, here's the really cool thing with all of this. You might think, well, what's this got to do with this woman? Well, just, just wait, I'm getting there. It's a long way of getting there. But here's the really cool thing with all this. Some of you might have already kind of put this together with your detective minds going, this was kind of realisation that made me go, wow, that's, wow, I never thought about that before. So if the Rufuses are the same Rufus as some scholars would suggest they are, we can be sure, we can be 100% confident that Simon of Cyrene's family members, the man who carried Jesus' cross to Calvary, his family became active followers of Jesus Christ. That's pretty cool, isn't it? His sons, Alexander and Rufus, and from Paul's affectionate mention in Romans 16, his unnamed wife too became active followers of Jesus Christ. How cool is that? Now, we can only speculate about Simon of Cyrene because we don't know. The Bible doesn't say if he became a believer or not, but I personally, I like to think he did. And chances are, in that sort of culture back in the day, 
a lot of things were male-led. So if he had an encounter with Jesus, potentially, he could have been the catalyst for his family coming to faith as well. For me, I like to think that he did because I don't think it would be possible to meet with Jesus like that, see him suffering so horrifically, seeing him being taunted by his captors and refusing to utter a word in response, seeing him, seeing him forgive a, a, a common criminal who was hanging next to him on the cross and then watching as miraculous events unfolded as soon as he died. Like I like to believe that if you were standing there after carrying his cross all that way, chances are you'd be like, surely this man is who he says he was. I think so anyway. Anyway, that's enough on Rufus and Simon. They're not who we're focusing on today. We're focusing on Ruth's, Rufus's, sorry, I'm looking at Ruth. I'm, we're focusing on Rufus's unnamed mother, a woman who Paul cherished like a mother. So why do you think Paul speaks of this woman with such fondness? Why do you think she, he says that she was like a mother to him? And what, what does that phrase kind of suggest, like a mother? What's the relevance for us today? Well, I believe that Paul viewed this unnamed woman affectionately as a mother in the faith because of the genuine care and kindness she showed to him, the way she mothered him like a son. Herbert F. Stevenson, a theologian in Galaxy of Saints, says this in commenting on this unnamed woman. He says, Through an overflowing of motherly love and care for the apostle, a tender relationship had been established. The most sturdy, self-reliant and ruggedly resourceful still need occasionally mothering. And in this gracious tribute, Paul pays the mother of Rufus the highest compliment even an apostle could confer. I like that. You know, think about the Apostle Paul. Paul, Paul's ministry, he didn't have the luxury like, you know, maybe some of us do. We're, more, we're planted in our community. Our work is in a community. Our schools are in a community. We pretty well, unless we go on holiday, we don't leave that community. We're, we're planted. The Apostle Paul's ministry that God called him to was one of spreading the gospel to all places far and wide. And it involved a lot of travel. And so it's likely that Paul met this unnamed woman and Rufus and Alexander on one of his many missionary journeys. No doubt we know from reading all of Paul's letters, that his life was far from easy. He was sick. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. Paul faced challenge multiple times. He, Paul faced challenge after challenge after challenge. And obviously, for the Apostle Paul, from what he says here, the care and concern that this unnamed woman showed him truly made a beautiful difference in his life and ultimately in his ministry. And if we go big picture... I, I believe this, like this woman made a difference in Paul's ability to be in a place where he could see the gospel spread. And we've got, in many ways, this unnamed mother to thank for her encouragement and support of Paul so that we now have the gospel as well. You know, Paul, if you think of people in the Bible and you think of people of strength, Paul was incredibly strong. Resilient, capable, self-reliant. You'd have to be if you were a pioneering missionary. And he was ruggedly resourceful, as this theologian put it. But even Paul, even 
the mighty Apostle Paul recognized just how much he needed the input and the love and the care of other people in his life. And from this passage in Romans 16, verse 13, it's clear that he genuinely valued, he genuinely cherished Rufus's mother who cared for him, who was hospitable toward him and loved him like a mother. After all, I don't think any of us in writing a letter or something would refer to someone that we didn't value or cherish as like being a mother to us, would we? This is not something that you do. Let me bring this home for all of us here today. We know, many of us have known our whole lives that life is not always easy. For some of us, in more recent times, COVID has been a big wake-up call to remind us that, you know, this life can be really difficult. There's no guarantees in life. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We've got to make the most of every day. Life is not always easy. And like the Apostle Paul experienced, when we decide to live life in relationship with Jesus, when we decide to live life purposefully as servants of God, honouring him with our lives, doing the things that he calls us to, chances are life actually gets even more difficult. Has anyone found that to be true? I certainly have. And when life gets tough, when life gets tough, what do we do? The tough get tougher? Maybe in society, but not in the kingdom. No. When life gets tough, we don't get tougher. When life gets tough, we rely on each other, don't we? When life gets tough, we rely on each other. We need to humble ourselves. We need to recognize our need for and also the lasting benefits that come from cultivating genuine relationships, genuine friendships with other people. Quality relationships with biological family members, if we can, if that is something that is safe to do so, if that is something that is possible to do so, we can, sure, we can have fantastic relationships with our family, but also deep, secure relationships with other believers who can spur us on in our faith and cheer us on all the way in life. You know, I'm so, I'm so blessed personally. You're not going to like this, mum, but I am so blessed personally um, to have benefited from the love and the care of my wonderful mum, Robin. And I just want to honour you for your love and care today, mum. Thank you for faithfully loving me and caring for me like you do. And time and time again, you know, you've put my needs above your own and you've dropped everything and continue to at times for for myself and my family. And I just want to honour you for that. I know that you're probably a little bit like the unnamed woman and you'd prefer to kind of go fly under the radar and, and not be acknowledged in this way, doing your thing quietly without the recognition. But I just wanted to to thank you today and, and publicly honour you. Um, I, I do. I love and appreciate you. And so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for mothering me. Um, and, yeah, okay, let's give mum a hand. And so, you know, I want to also say that I have seriously benefited from the love and care of my wonderful mum and, and I've also benefited so much from the love and care of so many women who have been like a mother to me. Women who have cared for me like a mother. Women who have challenged me like a mother. Women who have prayed for me 
like a mother, women who have cheered me on, encouraged me to keep on growing as a, as a husband, as a father, as a follower of Jesus, and as a pastor like a mother. Women who have constantly been behind me. They've had my back. They've been for me through the good times and the really, really difficult times of life when I've struggled big time, just like a mother. And some of my mothers are sitting here today. Some of them are sitting here today. Maybe some are watching online as well. And you know who you are. You know who you are. I just want to thank and honor you for all the ways you've enriched and continue to enrich my life and encourage me to keep on serving Jesus with passion and love. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you all for mothering me. So what about you today? What about you? Do you, listening to this, thinking about either women who are in your life or, you know, women that you know of, do you have women in your life who are like a mother to you? Women who perhaps like this unnamed mother that Paul kind of pulls out but then doesn't name her, which isn't super helpful. Um, Maybe like this unnamed mother aren't particularly front and centre. They're not so visible. They're a bit more behind the scenes. They're maybe not even often recognised or acknowledged for their deep love and solid faith. But they're actively loving others behind the scenes and are incredibly precious and dear to you. Do you have women in your life who are like a mother to you in that way? And if you're a woman here or listening to this today, who are the people in your life who are like a child to you? Who are the, and I'm not talking just about little kids here, I'm talking about big kids. I'm talking about, you know, you could, you could have a, uh, there could be a 100-year-old woman mothering an 80-year-old man, you know, nurturing, praying for, believing in, um, encouraging, continuing to spur on in the faith. Who are the people in your life who are like children to you? Who are the people, ladies, who are the people that you are intentionally mothering and encouraging as they seek to grow in God and seek to serve God with their lives? You know, all of us, all of us need and benefit incredibly from the input of mothers in our life as we journey through this thing called life. So if you're a woman here today, can I encourage you to find some people to be like a mother too. If you're a man here today, you listening men? I'll say it again. You listening men? Good. This is important. Let's celebrate the women in our life. Let's celebrate the women in our lives who are like a mother to us. I'm not talking about our wives. Celebrate them too. Hopefully they're not like a mother to us, but you know, yeah. Celebrate the other women in our lives who who cheer us on and who have believed in us. Maybe they're our Sunday school teacher from years ago who said something one week that changed the course of our life. Why don't we honour them? Why don't we think of them? Why don't we give them a call and thank them for the input and the place that they've had in our life? Thank them for the godly influence for all the ways they've enriched our lives. So... That's my encouragement for us today. Let's all learn from the Apostle Paul. Let's learn from his example and take time on this day. It's as good day as any other, but especially as we focus on Mother's Day and celebrate women in our lives. Let's take the time to acknowledge and celebrate all the women 
in our lives currently, and maybe it's even thinking back to those mothers who have been like a mother to us, who are no longer with us. And let's just thank God for them today and celebrate them. You know, we, do, we all need mothering and we all have a part to play in our community. And so, yeah, today on Mother's Day, just wanted to say happy Mother's Day and thank you to all you wonderful women for the way that you have either mothered your own biological children or have over many, many years faithfully been as a mother to other children in some capacity. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to just thank you that we all have a role to play in your family. We thank you, God, for the blessings of the women in our lives, God. We thank you so much on this Mother's Day. And we know, Lord, you, you are just rejoicing as you see these ladies celebrated today. And God, we thank you that no matter whether a, a lady is, is 80 years old or 21 years old or even younger than that as a, as a young teen or something, God, they all have a great opportunity in your family to play to be like a mother to someone else. So God, we pray today that all of these mothers in our community would just feel so honoured and so celebrated. And Lord, we pray too that all of us, men and also women who have other people who are like mothers to us, that we would use this day, not only this year, but every year, to pick up the phone to send a, write a nice card or to make a call and just thank those spiritual mothers who have been such a blessing to us over the years and quite literally have changed the course of our lives, I'm sure. So Jesus, we, we praise you for the, the great community that we have here. We thank you for the, the men who play great roles as fathers for other, other people and Lord, we, we want to honour today on Mother's Day all those beautiful women who are as a mother, like a mother to so many of us. So Jesus, we thank you for your word today. And we pray, Lord, that we would go from this place encouraged and ready to be an encouragement to all those mothers in our lives. We thank you, Jesus. And we pray this in your mighty name. Amen.